You're going to love this. Just love it. Promises. Promises, promises, promises. Pacifica Radios, KPFK in Los Angeles. This is your broadcast, as heard on 90.7 KPFK in LA, 91.7 FM KYAQ on the beautiful Oregon Central Coast, 93 FM WLRI Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and of course, coast to coast and around the globe on KPFK.org, on the Stitcher app, the TuneIn app. On iTunes, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Radio or Not, Radio Free Brooklyn, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, and of course, five days a week on Radio Sputnik. I am Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow from bradblog.com. Glad you could join us for another thrilling, action-packed adventure and the most useful radio broadcast ever devised by man or beast. Uh, a big show today, which includes... Uh, Oh, it includes your calls. Let's crack open the phone lines today. Papa is in town. It's time to hear from you. I'm not the Papa. The Pope is in town. And uh, and I'd love to hear from you at the same time. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. We are live in Los Angeles. 818-985-KPFK. Desi Doyen will be joining us a little later with, uh, well, let's say hi now. Hi, Des. How are you? Oh yeah, see, I caught I'm you off good. guard, didn't I? How are you? I'm doing okay. I know you're. I know you're uh, excited. You have been excited all week because the Pope is coming. I should say all month because the Pope is coming. Well, yeah, because it's it's a fairly big deal. Not just because it's you know his first trip to the United States, but because I anticipate that when he speaks to Congress and to the United Nations on Friday, the General Assembly, that he is going to make a very strong moral case for action on climate change. And also, let's be honest, because you were born and raised a Catholic, you go to mass <laughs> no, every I Sunday. Wasn't. <laughs> what? I was not. You're I not... was not raised Catholic. Oh. And you know, but okay. it's it's a. a, a there may be a lot of there are a lot of things that I do not agree with the Pope on, but on climate change and the need for action and the moral case for action, I absolutely agree with him on that. Desi Doyen will be here all day uh, and uh, at the uh, at the end with our Green News report as Volkswagen is caught red-handed cheating on pollution standards. Exxon, oh man, Exxon, who once thought about saving mankind. Back in the 70s and 80s, back when they could have, uh, when they knew about it. Instead, they ended up funding climate change denial. 
The Koch brothers' favorite presidential candidate has dropped out since uh, last we were, at least since last we were here live in uh, in the studios in KPFK. Uh, also, uh, Pope Francis, uh, he is here, and of course, Republicans are freaking out. Well, we're going to have more on all of those stories, frankly, uh, throughout this hour, as so many of them have been continuing to develop uh, since we put together our last uh, uh, Green News report just hours ago. And now everything has changed. It's changing very quickly. Um, and all because, well, not just the Pope. There's a lot going on. Uh, although I think uh, John Whitehouse of Media Matters kind of summed up in uh, sort of a, a, an awesome existential way, uh, the way that, uh, as he describes it on uh, on Twitter, the American conservative movement in two screenshots. And he had a shot of Bill O'Reilly doing his uh, talking points memo at the top of his show with the title Politics and the Pope. And then the quote, his philosophy is based upon what is good for poor people, not on controversial social issues. Well, that's good. It seems like Bill O'Reilly is is defending the pope. Uh, the folks on Fox News have been attacking the pope. Uh, right wingers, Republicans have been attacking him because this pope doesn't agree with them on everything like climate change, global warming, capitalism, uh, leaving gay people alone, stuff like that. So O'Reilly, uh, you know, on the screen, his philosophy is based upon what is good for poor people, not on controversial social issues. Good for Bill O'Reilly. And then the second shot from the same Talking Points memo uh, says, uh, this is the first time Pope Francis has visited the USA, and I do not believe he understands our system. That's right. Uh, the Pope doesn't understand uh, that uh, we don't we don't go in for that uh, philosophy based on what is good for the poor thing. We don't do that here in America. He's never been here before. He doesn't know that. Apparently, that's the American conservative movement in two screenshots, as John Whitehouse of Media Matters describes it. Uh, in any event, in remarks on Wednesday morning during his historic visit to the White House, during his first ever visit to the U.S., Pope Francis issued a call to reject discrimination, to support immigrant refugees, and declared that climate change is a problem, quote, which can no longer be left to a future generation. Pope Francis said that American Catholics are committed to fighting injustice and discrimination and to respect the rights of individuals, including the right to religious liberty. Here were uh, just some of his remarks this morning on the White House lawn. American Catholics are committed to building a society which is truly tolerant and inclusive to safeguarding the rights of individuals and communities and to rejecting every form of injustice discrimination. With, with countless other people of goodwill, they are likewise concerned that efforts to build a just and wisely ordered society respect their deepest concerns and the right to religious liberty. That was Pope Francis this morning on the White House lawn. 
but it was the comments about climate change which are uh, sure to raise the hackles of uh, Bill O'Reilly and others on Fox News. Uh, they have been raising their hackles now for quite some time. Uh, he, he will also be speaking to Congress uh, and is expected to speak on this very same topic uh, on Thursday and before the U.N., General Assembly on Friday. But here were some of his comments this morning on the White House lawn. Pope Francis uh, talking about climate change and praising President Obama's efforts to rein in air pollution, declaring climate change can no longer be passed off onto future generations and calling on the world to tackle it for the future, but also to protect the poorest and most vulnerable in the world who are, he says, being impacted right now. I find it encouraging that you are proposing an initiative for reducing air pollution. <laughs> Climate change is a problem we can no longer be left to a future generation. When it comes to the care of our common home, we are living at a critical moment of history. We still have time to make the change needed to bring about a sustainable and integral development, for we know that things can change. Such change demands on our part a serious and responsible recognition not only of the kind of the world we may be leaving to our children, but also to the millions of people living under a system which has overlooked them. Once again, that was Pope Francis this morning on the White House. Uh, and if folks who have listened to the broadcast for a long time know that I am, uh, I like this pope. I like this pope a lot. I'm not a big uh, pope fan in general. This guy I really like. Uh, but not everyone does. Not Certainly not the folks on Fox and the Republicans. But also, uh, he uh, received criticism today for uh, his canonization of a, uh, well, uh, on his first trip to America, Pope Francis is set to make a saint out of an 18th century missionary who some say is more of a sinner, according to NBC News. More than 20,000 people converged on a Washington Basilica Wednesday to witness the canonization of Unipero Serra, who brought Christianity to California some 300 years ago. But to some Native Americans, Serra's achievements are nothing to celebrate. They say he created a military-backed mission system that thrived on brutality and resulted in tens of thousands of deaths. It is very offensive to canonize the person who actually enslaved, whipped, tortured, and separated families and destroyed our cultural and spiritual beliefs, said Valentin Lopez, chairman of the Ama Mutsun tribal band. How can that behavior be recognized as saintly behavior, he asks. The drive to make Sarah a saint began in the 30s, and he was beatified in 1988. But Francis 
fast-tracked the canonization, apparently, allowing it to go forward on the strength of just one miracle, one miracle only, a nun who was cured of lupus after praying to Sarah. A shortcut for some reason. I, why, why does he get all have to get, only has to do one miracle? I know I it's a it's that. a very strange and unusual uh, response to this particular canonization effort. Now, you know, for people who don't know, California, the entire west coast of California, is dotted with missions, and there's a mission trail, and all of those missions were, uh, in some fashion, started by uh, Father Sarah. And what he did was, you know, in the process of helping to Christianize. The the, the tribal the tribes that were there he he did kind of enslave them kind you know? of kind yeah, of kind enslaved of, kind of what it was well, yeah he he forced them into work you know they 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 taught them that their own religions were horrible and then they did force them into creating what you know the missions which you know had had a, a you know were running farms running ranches with with the you know that with farming and with all kinds of uh, you know they needed the farm labor and they forced the slave the, the at, Indians to be slaves at, is their farm labor at some point uh, Desi Doyen will have to go into your deep, deep background, your Native American background at some point to yeah. explain that. But had you heard of uh, this guy, the concerns about this guy uh, previously? Yes. yes. Now, when you go down to San Diego, for example, mm-hmm. uh, you know that there are uh, missions. When you do go along, sometimes the missions will have information about the uh, the very harsh conditions mm-hmm. under which the Native Americans were held. So. Well, Robert Senkowitz, a professor of history at Santa Clara University, has written a book about Sarah. He said he understands both sides of the debate, that there is evidence that Sarah supported the flogging of the California Indians as punishment. He had women and girls locked away at night to keep them safe from rapists, according to NBC. And crowded missions helped breed the disease that killed many. Sarah, by his own uh, by his own right, really loved the Indians. Senkowitz says that's what he says. But he thought of them as children, like 99% of the people of the day. He thought Europeans were superior to the native people. Uh, Lopez uh, from the uh, Ama Matsun tribal band said he was stunned by the Pope's elevation of Sarah, given the pontiff has championed the downtrodden and even apologized in July for the church's grave sins against the indigenous peoples of the Americas. So uh, not without some controversy is the Pope's visit, but of course the biggest uh, controversy of, of them all appears to come from these knuckleheads on on the right. Uh, Congressman Paul Gosar who is a Catholic himself, a congressman Republican from Arizona, uh, is threatening to boycott the uh, Thursday appearance by the pope uh, in Congress. It will be the first ever appearance by a pope uh, in Congress, which I think is kind of cool. We'll, uh, I suspect, be covering it on tomorrow's broadcast. Yes, for those listening on KPFK today, you can catch your broadcast every day, five days a week, Monday through Friday. Uh, over at bradblog.com or over at kpfk.org in the archives. In any event, uh, Congressman Gosar, that uh, who is threatening to uh, to boycott the speech. Oh, man, this guy, he says, media reports indicate his holiness instead intends to focus the brunt of his speech on climate change, a climate that has been changing since first created in Genesis. More troubling is the fact that this climate change talk has adopted all of the socialist talking points, wrapped false science and ideology into climate justice. That's in quotes. And is being presented to guilt people into leftist policies. If the Pope stuck to standard Christian theology, I would be the first in line. 
Really, Paul Gosar? Really? Uh, my favorite to quote from, well, I'll get to my favorite quote from Gosar in a second, but uh, John Gehring uh, over at uh, Talking Points Memo Cafe uh, responded to this nonsense. He is the Catholic Program Director at Faith in Public Life, which is an advocacy group in, uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, he points out, for all of these Republicans who are going nuts about the Pope speaking out about the climate, about saving our planet because it's morally correct— uh, to do. Uh, John Gehring says uh, he is hardly the first pope to do so. He writes that traditional Catholic teaching recognizes that stewardship of the environment is rooted in the imperative to protect the shared gift of creation, what Pope Francis calls our, quote, common home. But Popes John Paul II and Benedict XIV, beloved by many conservatives, both addressed the environment as a profound moral issue and called for action to tackle climate change. Yes, that's right. Uh, Pope John Paul II warned in 1990 the depletion of the ozone layer and the related greenhouse effect has now reached crisis proportions. Pope John Paul went on to applaud, quote, a new ecological awareness that ought to be encouraged to develop into concrete programs and initiatives. And Pope uh, Benedict, 14, was dubbed the Green Pope for taking steps to make the Vatican first carbon neutral, the first carbon neutral state in the world. Benedict also warned against delay. He said, can we remain indifferent before the problems associated with such realities as climate change? desertification, the deterioration and loss of productivity in vast agricultural areas, the pollution of rivers and aquifers. That was Pope Benedict in 2010. Where were all the right-wingers then? Why weren't they freaking out against that pope? What has changed since then? Perhaps Citizens, Uni uh, Citizens United has changed since 2010? And the, uh, the control of the entirety of the Republican Party by fossil fuel interests? They didn't seem to give a damn. It didn't make waves. It didn't cause uh, protests and, and, and uh, boycotts when Pope Benedict and Pope John Paul II warned about the greenhouse effect, when they warned about climate change. Only this pope for some reason. And, of course, organizations like Catholic Relief Services, as John Gehring points out, present in 100 countries have practical experience serving climate refugees and connecting the dots between extreme inequality and environmental degradation. <sighs> but now, for some reason, oh, they're nuts. Oh, they are absolutely uh, crazy about this and the idea that the Pope, how dare he, should speak about climate change. My favorite Pope, uh, my favorite uh, quote from uh, Paul Gosar, we'll see if he... Uh, uh, We'll see if he decides to boycott or not. But my favorite quote, we read it earlier this week on the show, quote, if the pope wants to devote his life to fighting climate change, then he can do so in his personal time. <laughs> so, uh, OK, is he not the pope uh, when he's uh, when he takes an hour off? Is he not the pope? Is that when he takes his personal time? Really, congressman? Really? 
Unbelievable. All right, we're going to take uh, – I love your calls on any and all of this. i got a lot to cover uh, after this uh, break, but I'd also love to hear from you. 818-985-5735. We will talk about how the Volkswagen scandal, and it is a scandal, actually ties to elections, believe it or not. Also, uh, the uh, Judge Mark Fuller, we've talked about him a lot on this show The U.S. Judicial Conference is now, even though he has resigned, is now calling for him to be impeached after their year-long investigation finds that he uh, committed domestic violence. That's right. Beat his wife, as we have told you about on this show over the past year, that he beat his wife some eight times, both before and after they were married. Let's take a quick break. And we'll be back with all of that much more and your calls at 818-985-5735. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free Bradcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate to help us out today. Welcome back. This is your Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com here with you uh, live in the KPFK studios. Our phone number is 818-985-5735. We'll get to the phones uh, very shortly, but I wanted to uh, I wanted to hit a couple of uh, things real quickly here. Uh, well, you know what? No, let's do it. Let's go to the phones. We'll come back to these uh, things in a moment. Let's go to uh, TJ in Santa Monica. Hey, TJ, welcome to the Bradcast. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, what's up? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. All right, great. Uh, you know, I kind of got a bone to pick with uh, some of these, uh, you know, maybe all religions, but, you know, it just kind of astounds me how institutionalized religion, uh, how they can control the masses and, you know, like keeping the lies alive. Uh, I don't know. I know that, you know, Pope Francis, you know, he's uh, saying some pretty good things. You know, help with the gays and with, uh, you know, different issues and the climate. Okay. But, you know, the way they're trying to canonize uh, uh, prior, uh, you know, Pharaoh Sarah. Sarah, yeah. Just, just seems, I don't know. I, I would have a lot more respect for not, not, I'm not, you know, putting him down. It's like the whole Roman Catholic Church needs to come clean on, you know, you know, just the way they said, like, okay, we, we did wrong with the Jews. Uh, you know, we, we did, you know, you know what I mean? They well, I, I, I do. It sounds like you... there with the Jews and all that during the Holocaust. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, they're, they're lying. Uh, there was millions. It was probably a bigger holocaust in North America with the enslavement and the killing of uh, so many uh, Native Americans. And, you know, I just wish he would say, hey, uh, you know, we, we did wrong, you know. We admit it. Well, and I mean, and I think to or, I know, think to a certain sort of, I think to a certain okay. extent, TJ, uh, that he actually did, and I don't know uh, the yeah. details, but according to the uh, to the report by NBC, that uh, he had in fact uh, apologized and talked about the grave sins against the indigenous peoples of the Americas, but but okay. apparently not enough. And so uh, I appreciate you uh, you calling him out, you holding uh, feet to the fire. Appreciate the call, TJ. Okay. All right. Thank you for checking in. Uh, let me do one more, and then we'll get on to uh, uh, some other items. Uh, Eon in Altadena. Welcome to the broadcast, Eon. Hi. Can you hear me? I can hear you great. What's up? Great. Uh, well, Paul Gostar's uh, most famous comment would be uh, that the Pope should stick to standard Christian doctrine. Maybe he should reflect on the fact that the Pope is the one that makes standard Christian doctrine for most of the world. There you go. Uh, well put, Ian. Yeah, no, all of a sudden, uh, the Pope is infallible uh, up until they get a Pope they disagree with. All of a sudden, uh, we don't like that Pope. We disagree with that Pope. He's leftist. These are socialist talking points. But wait, he's been saying the same things that so many other Popes before him that have said that you loved. Uh, yeah, well, that was before Citizens United. Anyway, we'll get back to uh, you. Yeah. I just wanted to jump in really quick. I think the best version of that I heard was someone saying, as long as the Pope reinforces my pre-existing ideology, I will listen to him. There you go. The moment that he doesn't, I will not listen to the Pope. Well, and that's true for you, too, isn't it, Desi Doyen? For his pre-existing ideology? No. Well, no, for your pre-existing. Like I, I mean, s- you well, were not a fan of previous Popes, were you? I wouldn't, uh, I, you know, there were things that I agreed with them on, right. on some things, and things that I did not disagree, right. that I did not agree with them on, and the same thing with this Pope. I will still listen to him. I wouldn't boycott what he says, or even boycott his address to a joint session of Congress, which is historic, just because he doesn't reinforce my pre-existing ideology. There you go. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. When the uh, when this story about, and we'll get back to some of your uh, calls momentarily, so hang on. I know the lines are filling up. Uh, when when this story broke uh, earlier this week about Volkswagen and the fact that they were gaming the emissions uh, systems on their cars, on the day that broke, I pointed out that, yeah, what they were doing, what they were doing is is giving different test results when the car sensed that it was being tested. They had these defeat devices that were built into the uh, into the cars, into the software. And because it's proprietary software, nobody is actually allowed to look at the software and find the code that was gaming the system by turning on uh, uh, the uh, emissions devices to keep the emissions down only when they were in test mode. But when they were out on the highway, their emissions were some 40 times higher than the legal uh, limit here, uh, according to the EPA and to and to California uh, state laws, which have some of the strictest emissions rules. Uh, so the software was gaming the system. And I pointed out the fact that uh, folks who, who know, who follow this show for years, know that we talk about voting systems and, and computerized voting systems and how insane that is. And whenever you talk about them, whenever you talk about them with vendors or election officials, they'll all say, oh, well, they're tested. They're great. They're, you know, we, we always make sure that, uh, that they work fine. Well, A, they do not test all of those machines. They simply do 
not. They may test a few of them uh, on the morning of, of the election, but they don't run them all through uh, through the appropriate tests. But even if they do, there is a test mode on those systems. And when you test in test mode, the computers know they are being tested. And they can show you one thing in test mode. They can show you something entirely different in election mode which is exactly what Volkswagen has now admitted to doing. Their uh, CEO today stepped down amidst this huge controversy. It's not just half a million cars here in the U.S. It is 11 million cars, cars worldwide. This has been going on since 2009. And despite all of the testing that automobiles must go through, unlike voting machines, uh, no one found this problem until now. It took this many years this many years to find this software hack that the developers, the insiders were doing. And this is something I've been warning about when it comes to voting machines for years. And so when I heard about this uh, VW story, I said, my God, this is exactly what I have been saying. This is exactly what I've been telling you. People say, oh, they would never do that. Well, of course they would. Volkswagen did it to save millions, if not billions of dollars. It's now going to most likely cost them billions of dollars because they got caught. Their stock plummet has, their, their, their stocks have already plummeted. Anyway, I pointed that out when this story broke on Monday. Uh, last night, Barbara Simons, Ph.D., we've had her on this show years ago. It's been a long time. We haven't had her back on uh, for, for a while. But she is the chair of Verified Voting's uh, VerifiedVoting.org's board of directors. She's the former president of the Association for Computing Machinery, with ACM, uh, which engineer types uh, will know. Uh, she, that is the nation's oldest and largest educational and scientific society for computing professionals. She's also an expert on electronic voting. She recently published Broken Ballots, Will Your Vote Count?, a book on voting machines co-authored with computer scientist Doug Jones. She also served on the Board of Advisors for the U.S. Elections Assistance Commission, and she writes yesterday, quote, like VW cars, modern voting machines contain software that is tested before use in elections. It would not be difficult to write voting machine software that would, like the VW software, know when it is being tested and thus, and thus behave correctly during testing, but not during an actual election. If such behavior were detected after an election, the vendor would the vendor's stock would plummet, just like VW's, but so would voter confidence in the outcome of the election. Furthermore, in the case of some voting systems, she writes, that cannot be legitimately recounted, like paperless touchscreen machines or online votes, there would be no way to determine after the election if the declared winners were the actual winners. We would never be able to know. We would never be able to go back. She writes that Volkswagen may be able to weather a drop in stock prices and a massive recall, but there is no way to conduct a recall of our presidential and congressional elections. America cannot afford a VW-style election. Well, it may be too late for that. <laughs> uh, Larry Norden the, uh, of the Brennan Centers uh, for Justice's Democracy program was on this show earlier this week. Uh, because he has a new report out on America's voting machines at risk. America's voting machines, he says, are about to break down. That in more than 43 states, the voting machines, the computers that they use are more than a decade old. 
And when they break down, people cannot vote and there is no way to uh, to go back in many cases unless there are paper ballots, emergency paper ballots that are made available. Um, I asked him, uh, you know, why it was basically what Brennan Setter is doing is calling for is calling for new computers to replace these old and aging computers. And I asked him, well, why would we want to do that? Why do we need new computers? This report has gotten a lot of coverage. It was uh, it was on the, in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, NPR, and everywhere else. But I don't know if anyone other than uh, me here on the broadcast bothered to ask Larry Norton, hey, you're complaining about these old computers properly, appropriately, as we join you uh, for the past decade, but you're calling for new computers to replace them. You seem to be suggesting uh, in this report that these old machines that are becoming outdated be replaced with new machines. Won't they become outdated in uh, a similar yep. amount of time, in, in, in 10 or 15 years, and will be at the same place all over again? And before you answer that, let me also toss this in, that I see nothing in there that you know says maybe we need to get rid of these machines altogether and you know, go to something that actually can be overseen by human beings, which is hand-marked paper ballots that are then hand-counted by human beings at the precinct, since even your previous report on the security of voting machines seemed to point to the fact that uh, human oversight of, of hand-marked paper ballots and hand-counted paper ballots uh, is more secure than, uh, you know, than, than computers that will then go obsolete in 10 years. Your thoughts? First of all, um, yeah, look, I think we need to fund elect we don't fund elections the way we should in this country. We don't fund a lot of things the way that we should, but particularly with elections, there's mm -hmm. kind of a wait till the crisis moment to try to scrounge up some funds, which can lead to lots of problems. I think there are advances that are being made that might allow us to break free a little bit of this every 10 years. Machines are aging where um, there are places like Los Angeles County. Uh, and elsewhere where they're looking at open source software and using commercial off-the-shelf hardware so that, that, that you can replace parts here and there um, and not have to go to a single vendor um, and replace an entire system uh, when, when things start to degrade. So uh, open source software is somehow going to be our solution. Open source software, by the way, can also be gamed. There's no way to know that the, the software that you looked at on Monday is the same software that was used in those voting machines on Tuesday. He cites Los Angeles County out here where, where, we, where we are, where I live, where I vote, and where the computers have actually mismarked my ballot. Uh, what was it? 2008, I believe it was 2008 primary, uh, mismarked four out of my 12 votes. A computer-printed paper ballot that was going to be counted by a computer. It was a paper ballot. These are the kind of things they go, oh, well, it's a paper ballot. That's what you want. No, we want a hand-marked paper ballot. And Los Angeles is about to move to a system. Los Angeles, the largest voting jurisdiction in the nation, is about to move to a new system that is a touchscreen system that prints out a computer-printed ballot. There is no way after the election to know that that computer-printed ballot actually reflects the voters intent. There's no way to know. It's a computer printed ballot. Maybe they checked it. Maybe they didn't. In most cases, uh, voters don't check computer printed uh, uh, summaries at the end of the uh, voting process. Eighty percent don't bother to check those, according to MIT and Caltech. Of those who do look at those computer printed uh, summaries, two thirds of them don't notice when the computer has flipped their vote. So, no, we need hand marked 
paper ballots and they need to be hand counted. Nowhere in Brennan Center's report did they talk about hand counting. And I asked Larry, uh, Larry Norton about that. Why, if all of these machines have been found to be such a problem, why they are not calling for getting rid of these machines altogether and having hand counted paper ballots at the precinct that the public can oversee so we can know that uh, the people who are announced uh, the winner of the election actually are the winner. Here was, uh, here was his response to that question. In terms of going to, you know, hand-counted hand, uh, paper ballots, that's still done in a tiny number of jurisdictions in the United States. I think they still do it in some places in Massachusetts. Um, it's just very difficult with our system of elections to, to uh, imagine uh, going to a, a totally paper-based counting system. First of all, I think there, there have been a lot of studies that in general, machines are more reliable and counting accurately um, um, when you have the kind of complicated elections that we do. But second of all, I mean, imagine a, a county like Los Angeles, which can have 300 contests in a year, and um, so many different kinds of ballot styles, uh, even within a precinct, in terms of what people are voting on. Trying to count all of those races uh, by hand um, can, can lead to a lot of complications, and frankly can lead to you know, all the kinds of mistakes and and, uh, and and even fraud that we would want to avoid. And yet somehow they're able to do it. They're able to count every ballot by hand in places like New Hampshire, in places like Columbia County, New York. Uh, this idea that uh, there are studies that show that machine counts are more accurate. Uh, I'm not familiar with those studies. Uh, so he will have to show, somebody will have to show them to me. All I know is that when there is a question about an election, any election, when there is a question about the accuracy of the results, what happens? What do they do? They hand count the paper ballots. That's why hand counting paper ballots is the gold standard for democracy. Anyway, I'm glad that uh, uh, Brandon Center is putting out that report warning about the concerns in 2016, even though it's too late to really do anything about it other than get some emergency paper ballots into the uh, uh, precincts just in case. Uh, but I'm glad they're getting the word out and they're telling people what we've been telling them for so long, that these machines don't work, they break down, they can't be trusted. I'm only sorry that they're talking about replacing them with more computers that will break down that can't be trusted. Anyway, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Let's, uh, let's take some calls here. i got more ahead and Desi Doyen is on deck, but let's go to uh, Pat in Norwalk. Hey, Pat, welcome to the broadcast. Yeah, thank you, Brad. Hey, I just wanted to say, as bad as what Volkswagen did, nobody died. So uh, if General Motors come out with under a billion, I don't see why all these people are predicting several billion for the Volkswagen case. Actually, I think we talk about in our Green News report today, Desi Doyen, remind me, do we talk about uh, the cost, uh, the health cost of of emissions, of air pollution, and uh, how it kills people around the world. Well, there have been a few quick calculations that have been made. This is not in today's, uh, it's not green, in today's news green News report. We didn't, well, we covered the fines. They w- could right. be eligible for up to $37,000 in fines per car. But as far as the air pollution, a quick calculation was something like a million tons of nitrous oxide per year that was illegally and intentionally uh, put into the atmosphere. And nitrous oxide is something that causes heart attacks and strokes and asthma, so it's possible it killed people. It would be probably impossible to be able to calculate just how much. All right. Other than that, other than that Pat, they didn't kill anyone. Um, yeah, so, well, I mean, compared. Okay. 
All right. Uh, well, uh, you know what? Uh, they should all be fined, uh, especially when they knowingly break the law, as GM did, and clearly as Volkswagen did massively. It's just incredible. By the way, you can uh, tweet me if you can't get through on the phone lines. Uh, I am the Brad Blog if you want to uh, tweet me over there, and you can uh, try the phones 818 985 KPFK. Let's go to uh, oh, what? We, uh, do, did we lose Larry? We had a climate change denier. Did we lose him? Oh, well. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Larry. I was going to go to you next. Uh, Carlos in Carson, welcome to the broadcast. Well, hi, uh, Brad. Uh, hi, Carlos. I, I, I see this pope really as a humanist pope, mm-hmm. a pope that's bringing what I would call a rather dangerous, cabalistic human ideology that really questions any moral absolutes. Uh, and when you, uh, as, he, as you notice, he's sort of throwing back or discarding uh, the moral dogmas uh, regarding homosexuality, regarding um, uh, abortion. You're saying this is dangerous, you said? I think it's dangerous because that, that'll pave the way for for a man-centered humanist ideology, whereby there there are where there are no moral absolutes, you got to have some absolutes in reality or some standards. Otherwise, anything can go. You know, it's, it's <laughs> so. Well, are, 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 no, Carla. No, I actually I don't know what you mean, Carlos. Are you being serious? Are you saying that uh, that that speaking up and that saying uh, homosexuality uh, is 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 none of my business? Who am I to judge? Are you saying that that's not uh, a good thing? Right, it's not a good thing. Wow. So, the, the, you know, uh, the, okay. look, the, the, there was a strict dogma concerning homosexuality within the church. Now he's questioning that. Yeah, good. Now, aren't, aren't, the, aren't the Pope supposed to be infallible? What happened to that? What happened to the infallibility of the Pope's? Carla, they had all these dogmas. Co- now, that, now these things are being. I think Christianity is being thrown into a question mark. Come on, Carlos, you're 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 being satirical, right? You don't really no, believe no, this, no, do I, you? Well. You know what? Really, I'm serious about what I'm saying. I think yeah. he's a Trojan horse, and is trying to destroy Christianity. I don't wow. believe the guy is really a Christian. So we should we should we should condemn. Uh, you don't think the Pope is really a Christian? You think we should condemn no. homosexuality? No, no, not not really. But but I don't think that's his place to be to be. Uh, that's his place to be making decisions on, on you know, homosexuality. Uh, wow. He's getting into global warming now. Yeah. That is, you know, he, he he's <laughs> marrying the church with global affairs. The church is, is, should stick, stick directly to religious. Well, religious were you were you similarly upset when, uh, when Pope Benedict and Pope John Paul uh, also talked about climate change and global warming? Did you have a problem with that, Carlos? Of course I do, because, okay. you know, if you go back to Pope John Twenty-Third, they introduced the, the Second Ecumenical Council right in the, the liberation theology, the liberation of the Church. Uh, all these liberations are nothing but, to me, is nothing but Trojan horses for the destruction, I believe, of, in a very disguised right. manner of Christianity. All right, I got you, Carlos. I, I appreciate your call. I uh, It's it's kind of incredible to me that people uh, would even look at it this way, that you have a pope calling out, uh, you know, the moral to, to save the only planet that we have, uh, to fight against climate change, which has already caused millions of climate refugees, uh, mostly, you know, poor and minorities around the world. 
that speaking out on their behalf is uh, is somehow a bad thing, uh, which is incredible to me. Uh, let me get uh, let me go to Ellen in Burbank. Hey, Ellen, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you. First of all, can I just say one thing about the previous caller? Quickly, we're all God's creatures, and the other thing is, he is the Pope is the head of a sovereign state, so he also has the right to speak and reference. He's breathing the same air. Okay, but now about the Devolt machine. Yeah. I think that, uh, what about absentee ballots? Because I used to work on the default machines when they first came out back mm-hmm. in Connecticut. They are absolutely the flimsiest in the world. And so we would always count in Westport, Connecticut, the votes. And it was very carefully done. Mm-hmm. It was always a Republican and independent and um, a Democrat counting. And mm-hmm. I was the Democrat. And we stayed, you know, right through the night until all the votes were counted from town to town to town, so we had absolute proof. But if you do an absentee ballot, you also can make a copy of that ballot, and you would have your own record. Well, the problem with uh, the idea, and a lot of people think that, you know, if you get, if you can verify your own ballot that, you know, that you've marked it correctly, then then you're okay. That's not the trick. The trick is not to know that how your vote was counted. The trick is to know how everyone's vote was counted. So you need to know first that, in fact, uh, the, the piece of paper, hopefully, that you're looking at actually represents their intent. And you need to know then that the tabulation system, whatever it is, has counted it correctly. I don't want to know. I can be told that, hey, yeah, our computer has your vote. It's fine. Here's how you voted. Um, but that doesn't tell me that the tabulation system actually counted it that way. We need to be able to oversee everyone's vote vote in secret count in public um and i i you know i have not but figured out a better way to do that than hand kind of paper balance yeah it, it's it's a receipt and when you the polls we know are generally accurate if, if they're not impeded the other thing is I find no, we so don't know that, though, Ellen. That's the thing. We don't know that. I don't mean to cut you off, only i got to get to a break, so my apologies for that. We okay. don't know that. Having a receipt doesn't tell us anything. The only thing that uh, we can learn, uh, you know, we need to know the chain of custody for these ballots. We need to know they actually represent what the voter voted, and then we need to know that those are counted and counted accurately. Uh, oh, shoot. All right. Well, let's get a quick break. We'll come back with the Larry in Culver City if we have time. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your broadcast. Stay tuned. Melting for Desi Doyen and the Green News Report. Hey, Des. Hey. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Uh, Sam Ritchie uh, over on the Twitters uh, finds me. I am the Bradblog over there. He says Columbia County, New York has just 63,000 as a population. L.A. County has 10 million. Not really comparable because I mentioned Columbia County hand counts all of their ballots. Who's going to hand count all of those votes? Well, we are. We the people. Yes, there are 10 million, uh, and I'm not sure if it's 10 million, but whatever the millions are that we have here, uh, we have that many voters. That means we have that many counters if we want them. Uh, It's really... You can spend your money on millions of dollars for machines, or you can spend it to pay poll workers. Uh, Oh, there you go. But they, you know what? In New Hampshire, they're all volunteer. 
You just need precincts that are the proper size, that are small enough. You count them at the precinct. And if there's too many ballots to count at that precinct, that means your precinct is probably too large. People are standing in line and they can't vote uh, if that's the case. Anyway, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we got to get to the green news here, but uh, let me see if I can do this really quickly. <laughs> Wish me luck. Larry in Culver City, quickly, welcome to the broadcast. What's your question, sir? Well, hi there. You have a healthy skepticism about the Diebold machines, and yeah. I'm right there with you. I agree completely. You just can't trust everybody, can you? I'm curious, why is it that you trust whatever data it is that you have seen that has you so convinced that global warming is existing and that it is man-made? I will let, uh, thank you for putting that in a concise way. I'll let Desi answer that shortly. I'll, my answer is that uh, when it comes to voting systems, when it comes to voting machines, uh, I talk to the scientists, and I, what I'm saying is what the scientists are saying. The scientists have been warning about this, and when it comes to global warming, same thing. I talk to the scientists, I look at the data, and all of the science says the same thing. Let me get let, let me get Desi's thoughts on this, and then we'll get your uh, comment, Larry. Um, well, there are uh, there, there's a huge volume of science for the last 150 huge. years that has uh, confirmed the findings again and again and again and again using different types of measurements, using uh, new and more sophisticated instruments. I mean, the thing about science is that it is true whether you believe it or not. And it's also testable. So you can you can repeat it. You can test it. You can find out if they got it right. So, Larry, uh, your your response real quick, because I got to get to green well, news. The scientists said that Vioxx was safe, and no, they didn't. people died after they took Vioxx. No, they didn't. There's scientists on both sides of the issue. And no, there aren't. Your argument is, I believe the experts, but there are experts on both sides. No, You're there really aren't. just being religious. You're choosing one set of experts over another. Thanks, Not Larry. True. I no, realize that, that neither set of experts are to be, to be believed. That's why I'm an agnostic. Well, then we why believe anything? Well, no, no. We, we, Larry, and I and I don't mean to cut you off. we got to get to the green news. I, I okay. don't mean to. It's not a matter of believing. It's a matter of more than 90%, and I'm being uh, quite conservative, more than 90% of the scientific papers written over the past, uh, what, two, four decades uh, support global warming, warn about climate change. That's just the fact. And, uh, Larry, I'm sorry about that. You can go read those if you want to agree with the tiny minority who, th who believes otherwise. So be it. But anyway, we got to get. I know it. All right. We got. Right, we're running late. I love talking about it. Let's get over to it. Our latest Green News report. Thanks, Larry. Volkswagen is full on in crisis mode. Volkswagen caught red handed cheating on pollution standards. Exxon was on the cutting edge of science 40 years ago on climate change. And they ended up instead leading the denial and, and clouding of public perceptions of science. Exxon once thought about saving mankind, but funded climate change denial instead. With this in mind, I will suspend my campaign. The climate-denying Koch brothers' favorite presidential candidate drops out. Plus... Yeah, I'm Catholic and he could stay home. Uh, he's in the wrong country. Pope Francis is in the U.S. to talk morality and climate. And Republicans freak out. All of those freakouts and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and Trumpy comment. How many people... How many people here believe in global warming do you believe in global warming who believes in global warming who believes in global warming who who believes in global warming raise your hand wow not much huh 
Do you have your hand up? Little? No? No. Nobody? One person? The brain trust at Donald Trump events remains remarkable. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, just a remarkable story concerning Volkswagen in a week of uh, remarkable stories already, frankly. Yes, the U.S. Department of Justice has now launched a criminal investigation into Volkswagen Motors after the German car maker admitted over the weekend that it installed defeat devices into 500,000 so-called clean diesel cars since 2009. The software gave false readings during emissions testing, according to Bloomberg auto industry analyst Hans Nichols. From 2009 to 2015, having a so-called defeat device, this is something software that monitors when the car is being tested. When it tests, it emits less emissions. When it actually is out on the road, the particles per unit 10 to 40 times bigger than what it had been. Volkswagen is full on in crisis mode. All of the affected cars are being recalled. Volkswagen CEO has personally apologized. Sales of Volkswagen diesel cars have been suspended in the U.S. and now the company could face fines up to $18 billion. What the hell were these people thinking? Thinking they thought they could get away with this? Yes, they did. Amazing. Meanwhile, another new study confirms that air pollution kills millions. Researchers at UCLA used new data to calculate that outdoor air pollution from burning fossil fuels kills 3 million people every year. The vast majority of those deaths are in China and India, but air pollution kills 54,000 people every year in the U.S. alone. Yeah, maybe so, but Donald Trump and his followers don't think that's a problem. Yeah, I consider climate change to be not one of our big problems. I consider it to be not a big problem at all. So, move on. In politics, Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker on Monday dropped out of the 2016 Republican presidential race. Funded by fossil fuel interests like the Koch brothers, Walker is a climate action denier. As governor, he blocked attempts to reduce emissions and weakened Wisconsin environmental standards. So sad. So sorry to see him go. Oil giant Exxon knew in 1977 that burning fossil fuels would cause dangerous global warming. A new investigation by Inside Climate News and PBS Frontline, based on decades of internal documents and interviews with former employees, have found Exxon's own scientists warned Exxon about the dangers of man-made global warming. But rather than heeding those warnings, top Exxon executives chose instead to change direction, giving millions of dollars to create and fund the climate change denial industry, which has successfully blocked any action over the last 40 years that might affect Exxon's profits. Here's former Exxon scientist Richard Wertheimer. If Exxon had been a supportive participant in the debate about carbon dioxide and climate change, it would have been much easier to get agreement among, among countries. It would have helped a great deal. Finally, Pope Francis is in the United States this week to address a joint session of Congress and the United Nations General Assembly, in part to make the moral case for action on climate change. But Republican Representative Paul Gosar of Arizona says that although he is a proud Catholic, he will boycott the Pope's speech and calls climate science, quote, a fool's errand. And that guy would know.
For much more on today's stories and all of them that we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Don't forget you can download our reports anytime via Stitcher, TuneIn, or iTunes. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your Green News Report. If you missed any portion of today's broadcast, you can find it at bradblog.com and, of course, over at the archives at kpfk.org. My thanks, as ever, to our producer, Desi Doyen, to our booking goddess, Cynthia Cohn, and to our soundboard operator, G. Welcome back, G. Great to have you here. We'll see you soon. Until then, you can find me on the Facebooks and the Twitters at the Brad Blog, or drop me an email. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Good luck, world.